Week 3 episode of Hear the Spear, presented by Noel Game Day. As always, I'm Ryan Stalder. But today's episode is going to be a little different. In light of Hurricane Irma, and uh, Ethan does not have power down south, and Corey just got back to school today, and he's prepping for his game tomorrow, as he's the head coach for Godby High School. So today I'll be joined by Boss Man, uh, Logan Robinson, the other co-founder of Noel Game Day. How's it going, Logan? How you doing, man? Doing good on this wonderful Thursday night. I know we're recording a little bit later um, than usual, but it feels good to actually join. I feel amazing to be able to join onto the podcast. I feel already feel famous right now. Should have been here for Dion Week. You'd really feel famous. Yeah, I know. See, the thing is, during that podcast, I wasn't able to listen in on it because we were trying to get Dion on on the call, and Ethan's laptop wasn't working or anything, so we had to work in with getting Dion on the call. I couldn't listen to what y'all were saying that entire podcast, and I was well. There's a there, there's a hierarchy on this podcast, buddy. You might be no game day's <laughs> boss, but you gotta get you gotta work your way up. And I, I'm I'm way below Dion's standard. I'm not. I'm like low time compared to prime time right now of course <laughs> yeah. uh, all right so uh let's get into the uh what we think about the hurricane how it's affecting the teams how i don't know if you heard uh, i'm sure you did being in tallahassee but so jimbo had the whole team and a lot of their families stay in the athletic center in doe campbell stadium yeah that, that was something pretty interesting i mean i, I kind of did that last year with Herman, he he brought him in. I think a lot of them stayed in the players' um, lounge there, and they st- were able to stay in some rooms uh, inside of Doak. Um, because if you don't know, inside of Doak in the Moore Center, there's a lot of classrooms um, in that area, and a lot of players, I guess, were staying in there. They um, brought if they had any pets there too. They were watching TV and whatnot. So it was a nice, very safe place to stay. Um, and a wicked storm that came through here. I was lucky enough to keep power the entire time, which was pretty insane um, compared to you know how it is here in Tallahassee with Hermine. I mean, we were out of power for about seven, eight days. So a lot of people down south are feeling it, like Ethan is right now. Like as of right now, as we're recording this, he doesn't have any power, and this is Thursday night, um, and I believe it hit down there Saturday. So um, he's still feeling the effects of it and stuff like that. So I think it's, I think they're kind of used to it. The team is with it almost every year now with these storms. So we'll just see. Yeah, how last it. year was leading up to Ole Miss, right? I I'm, I remember that now as you talk about it vaguely. Yeah. Um, leading up to the Ole Miss game, they were sleeping inside and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're I think they're fine with it. But is it it is a lot different though with not being able to play for two weeks. You know, you hit two bye weeks. And it's like what you know, so it's kind of odd, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think uh, the bye week uh, this week, at least, maybe not last week, but I think this week is good for FSU. I think not having to play Miami in a super, albeit hostile environment, in favor of FSU, still a crazy, wild environment. Um, I think it's good for James Blackman to maybe get his feet wet in a noon game. Um, 
in the home opener next week against NC State. I think it would have been better if if he played last week um, because ULM reps would have been valuable and no real threat of losing that game. Um, I think he would have built up his confidence quite a bit, but I definitely think it's better. Uh, we're not ducking Miami in any way, but I think it's better to play them in October, at least as FSU stands. Yeah, yeah, and it gets interesting now because, you, you know, they're just going through the motion with practices and stuff right now, and, you know, they went against a, you know, a really good Alabama team, the best team in the nation, and you go off and you don't have, you don't play a game for two weeks, so it's really weird, you know, they went through camp, so it's like, oh, we're going through camp again after an Alabama game, so it's, it's going to be different, I mean, the way you're talking about with the Blackman, I do agree that it's, it's kind of good for him to get it at, uh, you know, extra week of learning and stuff. And I know you talked about with ULM, it would have been nice to have him get a couple reps there too. Um, but I mean, this NC State team will be pretty, pretty good. I know that, you know, they're pretty difficult on the defensive line. Um, but it, like Jimbo said, I mean, James Blackman is doing everything he can humanly do uh, to get ready for this game. Um, he's a young dude. We talked with his father last week on the podcast which y'all definitely need to go check that one out. Uh, he gave some good insights on James. And I, I, I'm i confident in uh, James Blackman. It just depends. It's the experience thing. It's just going to be the first game in Doak. There's going to be a lot of anticipation for his first play, his first throw, everything, because we just had running, th- uh, running plays against Alabama. So you kind of got to shake those nerves whenever um, – he gets into his first series and see what's cooking after that. I'm super interested to see how the offense changes with with Blackman at the home because, of course, Francois and Blackman are two different players, and mm-hmm. you have to taper the offense to your quarterback, as Jimbo has done over the years. So mm-hmm. I think one of the things I'm most looking forward to is just seeing what, what Jimbo does. Is it more of like a, a run-first play-action style? Is it more of a spread-the-ball-downfield? Because mm-hmm. uh, Blackman can really sling it. Uh, I think where he's a little bit better than Francois is maybe um, ball placement, and then I don't I don't know about arm strength, but I think he has like as far as zipping a ball in there. But I think he can he's got he certainly can throw it farther from what from all the accounts I've heard. So I think he's got a, a big arm. I, he's tall taller than Francois. I would say less less maybe about evenly mobile, but less athletic and agile than Francois from the, the tape I've seen. Um, so it should be exciting. I mean, it's, it's just going to be a different offense, and we're going to have to see. Uh, for FSU's sake, it, it, I'm glad that Jimbo's had three weeks now because he he knows he has to change the offense somewhat and play to James' strengths, and now he's got a chance to see those strengths in practice against a pretty good defense and and uh, employ those on Saturdays. Yeah, that is true. Now, Jimbo just did – he just uh, talked about that they're not going to change the offense in any way, but that's, again, I mean, yeah, Jimbo, that's Jimbo. Yeah, Would you, yeah. If, if, if you're Mark Rick and Jimbo says, oh, no, we're going to change the offense, we're going to do this. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure Mark Rick would love to hear that. Of course he's going to say he's not going to change the offense. Exactly, exactly. That's a lot but of people he, that they don't understand. You know, Jimbo will say some things, but don't don't trust. I mean, like like Ryan just said, it's it's coach speak. I mean, he's not going to tell you every little thing. You know, a lot of people get mad that you know you ask questions and then you get your answer, but it's not a hundred percent true. What if Jimbo would have told you that? Oh yeah, we're gonna throw the ball ninety percent of the time against Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Nobody had any nobody had any idea that was coming. I mean, you could have <laughs> assumed it based on circumstances, but still, you would have thought they they would have tried to run the ball a little bit more than they did. But that just wasn't the game plan. Jimbo said today that. 
either today or yesterday that they were going to run it, but once once they got down two scores, but I don't know if I buy that. I think he thought he had more of an advantage outside with the receivers than he did in the trenches with the run game. Yeah, exactly. I I also want to talk about how how it's going to feel going into Doak, you know, going into almost the end of September almost, and the attendance-wise, I don't think it will be close to full at all. I think it will be 75% full 70. I mean, that's still a, that's a good load for a noon game, but I mean... Why do you State, think, as somebody who's been to 100 games in Tallahassee, why do you think, <laughs> I know I'll be there, I know you'll be there, yeah. but why do you think maybe that 25% of this stadium will be empty? I, I, I Just from... All right, which I'm not a big person of, okay, you lose the first game opener, blah, blah, blah. All right, I'm not going to go to the home opener. I think that's silly. Or maybe that's just me because I go, you know, every to every game at home. But that may cause an effect for some people not to come. Um, and then you go with, you got two bye weeks. Um, and then you also had a major hurricane rip up Florida. Um, and there's a lot of fan base down south, as you know. I mean, you're, you're um, hometown. Fort Lauderdale native. Yeah, exactly. So, and our co-founder Ethan is also having to deal with trees falling in the yard. He's still got power out. So there's a lot of things, a lot of recovering Florida needs has to do. I mean, northern parts, um, even Atlanta, got a little wick of the storm. But I'm in those areas of you know bringing back people in order to feel better to go to games and bringing family. I don't know. It's just going to, it's going to be a little weird. It might surprise me that there might be a ton of people, but personally, I think the two week layoff, I think you're discounting the fact that people really miss football. And yes, I think that less people will travel, but I think the people that are not locals necessarily, but within a a decent drive range is going to, are going to be like, I mean, we missed, I'm sure they all, a lot of them plan to go to Miami game and now they're like, Screw it! Let's go to <laughs> let's go watch some Florida State football yeah. because people are really feeding for it at this point. No, no, I, I know a lot of people are. I'm, we're but definitely. We're, I'm another not. thing is, you're probably you, me, everybody else, people, li- listeners. Of, I'm sure are missing Florida State football already, but we haven't even. We're still not even close to the next game. This today's the 14th. The next game's on the 23rd. Yeah. We still have a whole other weekend. Yeah. Of other teams playing and us watching. Yeah. So I, including Florida, who's south, who's south of of Tally playing. Exactly. So that I mean, like I was gonna bring up. I mean, it doesn't. It hasn't really hit me yet. I mean, completely hit me that college football is back. I mean, I, I've still kind of. It's a very weird season. I mean, it's, it feels like we played Alabama last year at the end of last year. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That's a good point. I mean, it feels like it was just a bowl game, and like now we're getting ready exactly. for the season. If exactly. that makes any it's sense. So weird. It feels like a completely different team with. With Blackman at the helm as well. Yeah, I think a lot of other FSU fans will agree on that too, that it just doesn't feel right. Once we get in Doak and after a Doak and walking away from the stadium and stuff like that, then it's like, all right, college football's here. We got tailgating. We got hot dogs, burgers on the grill. We got everybody hanging out. Then I'm like, all right, football season here. Even when I went to the Alabama game, I mean, it doesn't hit me ever that it's college football starting. You know, I have to be inside Doak and get through a whole game and be like, okay, football season's back. Cooler weather's on the way. Everything in life is going to be fine. Back to normal. I have to say, going into what will be, let's see, we have NC State on the 23rd, then Wake Forest on the 30th. So going into October, I mean, obviously, knock on wood when I say this, but you would think FSU should be a lot healthier and fresher than all the teams it will be facing come October and November. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, is. I mean, you got 
Francois was the only injury against Alabama, which albeit a big one, but nonetheless, no, we didn't play ULM last year. Uh, Derwin James got hurt in the second game of the season against the FCS Cupcake or maybe FBS, but the point is against the, against lesser competition in a in a what should be a tune up game, you can still have injuries, which FSU didn't have. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a that's definitely a positive. Plus, people aren't they're not physically exhausted as other teams might be going into not necessarily October, but certainly when you get into November. Yeah, that is true. I mean, the thing is too. So you have a a good layout of you go after NC State game. You have Wake Forest at Wake Forest, but then you go into your Miami game at home. Then you have a a good. Well, I guess you can't really say you have a smooth stretch. You go to you go to Duke after Miami, and then you face the former Heisman winner Lamar Jackson, which I don't think he's kind of fell off the beat at all since last year. That dude is just talented all around, and then. You're at Boston College after that, your usual Syracuse, and then the Clemson. So I think the I think the schedule it's not a dramatic change. I, I mean, a lot of people on Twitter didn't seem like they had a problem with the you know the time changing. It was just that we wanted uh, football. Yeah, I don't fast. think I don't think anybody thinks that FSU's hurts their chances or or anything like that in in playing Miami on October seventh. I think more of the the gripe is that you're missing football for the second week in a row. Which yeah. I don't know when the last time that's happened to a Florida State pro, uh, Florida State team. I don't, I don't remember either. I'm too. I'm a young and I'm young. I got people I've talked to some older folk that know all their stuff about FSC sports and it's like, dang, one day I'm gonna learn all. I mean, I'm gonna know all of that, you know. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't remember a lot of history for FSU to know that. If someone knows, please let us know because I, I've. This is crazy having a two bye. I mean, I, I call it a bye week, but I mean, I don't know what else you can call it. But it's, it's a bye two week. weeks. Yeah, it's two weeks without football, and I think I think they're gonna come out a little rusty at first, but I think they'll wake up. Well, I think that that defense is gonna need to show up on on uh, next Saturday because mm-hmm. you cannot and and no no fault of the offense or James Blackman, there is going to be hiccups. I mean, if they if they if they step into that game, I mean, the offense struggled against Alabama. Granted, I mean, a lot of teams would, and I don't think it was their struggle as much as Alabama's defense and other factors contribute to that. Mm-hmm. But um, their, their offense isn't going to go into to the NC's day game and score in the first two drives or anything like that. I mean, it's going to be a struggle. It's a new quarterback. It's a tough, def- it's a tough defensive front seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not going to be a walk in the park. So the defense really needs to show up, maybe force some turnover, something they didn't do against Alabama, and really dominate from, from the, the word go. Yeah, exactly. I do want to mention now that we will have a podcast next week, so we're not going to give like full previews and whatnot. Um, yeah, but course. we will we will have a preview. We'll have our guys back, uh, Ethan and Corey. This is kind of just a pod, that, you know. Kind of, let's talk some ball while we can. You know, let's let's. There's nothing wrong with talking some FSU football and around college football. So just make sure to tune in next week. We'll talk definitely more about this NC State game because it's going to get interesting. We should. We're getting. We're getting to. Have a lot of quotes from Jimbo on black men, and um, I think I think it'll be it'll be a really interesting game. I think James Blackman is going to have the whole stadium around him um, if the fan base already isn't on social media. Um, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to watch. There's going to be a lot of James Blackman number one jerseys. I have a feeling because this 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 uh, fan base is really excited to see a young quarterback perform, which hasn't been done in a long time. A freshman quarterback under Jimbo Fisher. True freshman, absolutely, and the Slim Reaper, as some That's refer right. to. Yeah, like Ethan. What, what do we give 
Ethan, no, credit I don't. Now. I already DM'd him tweets of other people <laughs> saying it like months ago. So Ethan, uh, Ethan, our co-host Ethan thinks he came up with it, but yeah. I told him he didn't. Logan told him he didn't, but he doesn't. He says he he claims it. Hey, I'm sorry, Ethan, dude, but if I have to go with Ryan with this one, sorry, bud. I got proof, man. I got the tweets. They don't know. <laughs> they don't. The internet is forever. Hey, but see, we're on a podcast, so all they can do is listen. We can't give them video proof or uh, image proof, so you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to trust me. <laughs> so, what do we want to talk about? Let's talk about you know. Let's game. Let's talk about some games on Saturday. There's two big games that I'm looking at this week. And it doesn't count. It doesn't count your Wake Forest. Uh, what? Who oh, it does, certainly does not count Wake Forest Utah State. <laughs> oh man, certainly does not count Wake. Come Forest, on, man. You're talking all about that. <laughs> who was talking all about that? You were talking. No, about... Nobody's talking all about Utah State and Wake Forest. <laughs> However, I will be. We will be talking about Wake Forest in two weeks when they come to uh, when Florida State comes to Winston Salem. Yeah, we'll be we'll definitely be talking a lot about that, or y'all will be y'all be talking a lot about that, I'm sure. All right, so let's get into uh, the two games that that stick out to me and and you that we were talking about right before we got on was Clemson yeah. and Louisville, obviously the big one, uh, perhaps the de facto ACC championship. It sort mm-hmm. of was last year. Um, mm-hmm. Some would argue yeah. the FSU was, uh, but nonetheless, FSU. Uh, Clemson and Louisville are the three powers in the ACC Atlantic. One of these three teams will take home the division. Clemson has a stellar defense and a rookie quarterback. Florida State has a stellar defense and a rookie quarterback. Lamar Jackson has the best, or Louisville perhaps has the best player in the country in Lamar Jackson and a terrible defense. So it really is up for grabs. This year more so than any. I think this year there's a lot of, in previous years it was this uh, division is going to be so hard to win because look how great these other teams are and you could fill in defense offense in the trenches skill position and so on and so forth but this year it's more so not necessarily these teams aren't great we just don't know which team's going to be great yet like mm-hmm. quite honestly louisville lamar jackson has looked phenomenal this year he definitely picked it up from his ending the last year wasn't stellar but he looks this year like he did at the beginning in the middle of last year, which was like downright unstoppable. Yeah. Um, and Clemson's defense held Auburn with Jared Stidham, who's supposedly an all-world quarterback and might be drafted come uh, next April. But he, they held him to six points. He did not. The Auburn's offense did not score a single touchdown. So that was, I mean, as a FSU fan, you have to be watching this game this weekend because we were going to be playing. You're going to be playing both these teams, and one of them is going to be the ACC champion if you're not. So what do you think about the game this weekend? It's at Louisville. Last year was at Clemson. It came down to the very last play on fourth and long, 10 or so. Uh, Louisville, Lamar Jackson hit a Louisville receiver, and he ran out of bounds two yards shy of the, the uh, first down. He certainly caught some heat from that. But last year's game was anybody's to win. Lamar Jackson played stellar. Sean Watson played stellar. Clemson doesn't have the Sean Watson this year. The game's not in Death Valley. They're only three-point favorites, uh, and they're the number three team in the country. So who do you think is going to win that game? Who would you rather win that game if, as a Florida State fan? <laughs> uh, here, this, this is a good game, but I'm going to go on straight off the bat and say Louisville wins this one, and it won't be, even, it won't, and it won't be much of an argument of who played the better game. I think Louisville... 
I think Lamar Jackson's the real deal. I mean, I don't think, you know, once he gets... It's a to bold the, statement. I know it is. I know it is. I got to bring it in. I mean, this might be my only time on the pods. So I got to bring in some kind of heat. But, I mean, the Lamar Jackson, I watched um, his game last week, and he just... He's just silly. There's only one one word is unstoppable. That's the only <laughs> word you could use. It yeah. just it, it can he cannot be stopped. That is that is true. FSU fans know that better than anybody. Yeah. And I wasn't too I wasn't too um amazed and I didn't like really how Clemson played their last game. I I I like their quarterback and Kelly. Six, holding Auburn to six points is an incredible feat. Yeah. You can't discount that. Yeah. Mean, Clemson scored fourteen points and it's almost like they dominated the game. Yeah, this is uh, this is interesting. They're I'm, going see. They're going back two games. Two really good uh, teams uh, we'll go here, and then we'll go to Louisville. So I mean, it's like okay. So are they going to are any of them beat up to be able to go into Louisville and just get? I don't know. I just don't think. I just don't think Lamar Jackson's going to fall off anytime soon. I I'm, I think his throwing has gotten better, and the way he sees the better. holes. The way, yeah. The way he can Oof. just make people look silly is, is really fun to watch. And Not even make people look silly as much as the highlights are nice. He scores on every drive. I mean, it's yeah. either a score or somebody else on the team fumbles. Yeah. Because he's not – I mean, he is ridiculous. I'm going to – I'm going to join you. I don't think – I don't think Louisville – or I don't think Clemson can score with Louisville. I, okay. I think Clemson's defensive line is great. I think they're going to be in the backfield a lot on Saturday night because I don't think – Louisville's offensive line or their defense, to be honest, is very good. But I think, I don't think any team is going to hold Lamar Jackson at this and uh, right now. I don't think any team holds him under thirty-five points. Mm. So if Clemson and I don't think okay. Clemson can score thirty-five points. I mean, Auburn's defense is is pretty good. I, I'll, I'll admit that, but they had fourteen points. They almost were shut out in the first half, and then they only scored. They had scored at the, the very end of the first half, and then they scored in the third quarter, and that was it. They didn't score once in the fourth quarter. I mean, I don't know that this offense has the pieces. Deion Kane's pretty good. Other than him, I don't know that Kelly Bryant can get get him the ball. And I'm not saying Kelly Bryant's not good in this Louisville and this Clemson offense isn't good. It's just not Louisville good. It's not Lamar Jackson good. So I'm I'm gonna take Louisville also. I also think it'll be better for Florida State. If you're a Florida State fan, I think you want Louisville to win. Because I think Louisville has a lot more I think they're a lot more inept in other areas. So I think that Louisville at the end of the season will have more losses than Clemson, regardless of who wins this game. Because Clemson is a great defensive team, and there's not going to be many teams that can just blatantly outscore them like I think Louisville will. Mm-hmm. So I think you want Louisville to win as a Florida State fan because you think that Louisville will end up losing to more ACC teams throughout the year. Yeah, that is true. And, I, I was going to say... Clemson's a complete team, a more complete team, and they're better coached. Yeah, they are. You have, as an FSU fan, sorry to interrupt you, you have Clemson at Clemson, and you have Louisville at home. So you think, you would think that you could beat, you have a better shot at beating Louisville at home than you do Clemson in Death Valley. So if you lose to Louisville, you're going to want, or if you lose to Clemson, you're going to want Louisville to have beaten Clemson. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, I I do. I just, I see Clemson going into... Uh, stadium fifty five thousand, you know at the good old Papa Papa John's Cardinal Stadium, baby. And I, 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 that place is that place can be crazy. I mean, it can be scary at times. And this FSU quarterback has certainly experienced that. Yeah, they have. And that quarterback, you know, what is getting his third start. 
They even gave Winston fits. Yeah, he did. they did. And um, I don't know. I, it just, just doesn't feel right. And I, I don't think they're... You know, they had a good game against Auburn, but I don't I don't think they're they're set with going against Lamar Jackson. I'm with you. I'm with I, you, I brother. just don't see it. I don't see I it. I agree. Let's, now speaking of speaking of not seeing it, let's let's dive right into the Florida offense. Oh man. Yeah, where are they at? Are they I don't I haven't uh, seen it. I don't know. Are they oh man, I so, I'd I would hate to live in Gainesville, I'll just let you know. That place smells, first of all. <laughs> it smells awful. And I I'd and you don't have your player, any you know, eighty-eight yeah. percent of your starters on the I, team. I texted a buddy of mine today who's a big Florida guy, and I said, "Do you think Callaway and Scarlett played this season?" And he's like, "Honestly, I doubt it." Wow, like that is a lot to take in. Yeah, and this we can call this the battle of the hot seat. We can call it the mm-hmm. inept coaching bowl. I'm not calling necessarily McElwain a bad coach, but his staff is. If, if McElwain's not a bad coach, then his staff's atrocious. Yeah. Um, Something's not so, working. Something's not working down there. Although I do and, like and people say. Uh, sorry to interrupt you again. People say it's just one game. Louisville or Michigan was just one game. You can't judge the season off one game. Okay, let's go to the last few games they played. Take out Iowa because they couldn't score for anything, and Florida had like three defensive turnovers. Florida couldn't score against Florida State. They couldn't score against LSU. Like they couldn't score against. They just go back. They've scored like. Five offensive touchdowns the last five games or something crazy like that. Just a ridiculous amount of ineptitude on the offense. So and and but th- that being said, the only team that that rivals them in the SEC as far as what the hell is going on 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 the field is Tennessee. So this game, in my opinion, is going to be very interesting. It 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 seems that since McElwain's been there, it's always been very interesting. Last year. Florida went up huge in the first quarter. I think it was like twenty-one to three, or first half twenty-one to three, and then they don't score. They scored what one field goal or something in the second half, and Tennessee comes back and covers the eight-point spread or something, something like that. And then the year before that was the fourth and fourteen Will Greer past Antonio Callaway miracle, where Florida was like six for six on fourth downs, and then Tennessee missed the field goal to win. It was just a, a crazy game. So this is always a crazy game. I think it will be Saturday at three thirty on CBS. And I'm ex- I'm excited to see it. I mean, I usually watch Florida State and not uh, not pay attention to the the other teams. But this weekend we don't have Florida State again, so yeah. I guess I'm be on my couch watching Florida Tennessee, and then I'm watching Louisville Clemson at eight. There you go. Yeah, no, I I always love the um, Tennessee Florida game. I don't know. I have a lot, of course, being an FSU fan. You have some Gator friends that just talk mm-hmm. some stupid crap to you all the Whether time. Whether you want them or not, you got them. Yeah, so you have that going on, and that's you know you're, you you got to automatically pull for Rocky Top. So I I definitely think Tennessee wins this game. Um, I just I like the way they played in their last game. I think their quarterback um, has what it takes to even throw against uh, Florida's defense. Um, I, I love, but to see that it gets interesting though because they're going to Gainesville. So do you give that an advantage to Florida even, or do you not? Spread, is it not even an? Is it not even an advantage going in there without even most of their offense? I'll give you this: the spread was opened at eight. It's now down to five. So a lot of it's opened at eight favoring Florida, yeah. and it's now down to five, still favoring Florida. But that means the early money came in on Tennessee. Now this game is really the battle of unknowns because you. The only thing you know about Florida is that you don't know anything about their offense. And Tennessee dunks footballs into trash cans on the sideline. So, I mean, 
It is just... <laughs> it's going to be an interesting game, that's for sure. No. I think... I think... I've been going back... I've been wrestling back and forth with this because Tennessee's gave up 650 rushing yards to Georgia Tech. So I can't sit here and say that they're going to shut Florida's offense down. But then, the other side of me goes, Florida can't score. They haven't scored against anybody recently. So... how? Ha- ha- they don't have a quarterback right now. They have an identity crisis on offense. I'm, I, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, but neither defense is very good. So it could be high-scoring. Yeah. I so I don't, I don't have a score prediction. I don't have a game prediction. Oh, I, don't wow. have feel, I don't have a feel <laughs> for either team. So I just think it's going to be interesting to watch. No. That's all. I think, I think if Florida loses, there's going to have to be some changes made because, quite frankly, you can't lose to Butch Jones twice in a row. And honestly, it could have been three times. If uh, that if it wasn't for that ridiculous 2015 game with Callaway catching that that game winning touchdown and Tennessee missing the field goal and absolutely collapsing in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, I, I got I got Tennessee winning by one. That's the only prediction I'll give out of this. I'm not going to give crazy score prediction. I just have Tennessee winning by one mainly because I want this to go on air to a lot of my idiotic Gator friends, and then also I'm using my actual brain, so that's I still go with one over, one over the Gators and that nasty smelling place down there. Sweet. So I say we talk about a little bit of NFL because I mean we didn't have an FSU game, but we almost did with how how uh, oh, yeah. good and the performance we had for former Knowles in the NFL. I mean, come on! I it mean, really is just it's it's taking over as far as you you're getting to that era now where the lost decade of NFL players that that would have been if if hypothetically if we we're if we we're producing NFL talent at the same rate as Jimbo has since he took over in 2010. So you have to you have to figure out, FSU players are still relatively young in the NFL because the 2010 guys, the Jimbo guys, are still only their their seventh year. So it's not like it's not we're still filling out that 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 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 year. We're we have to break that threshold still, but now it's really starting to come in its own where we have seven going into eight years of constant NFL guys from Xavier Rhodes to PJ Williams and Ronald Darby to running backs like Freeman Cook and Chris Thompson, linebackers Nigel Bradham and Vince Williams and even Lawrence Timmons is still playing. It's just – I saw a graphic today that said Florida State is the most linebackers of any college in the NFL. And, and I mean, that's not even talked about. It's just the amount of talent Jimbo's produced. So it's definitely like watching Florida State on Sundays. I have a hard time rooting – it's hard. It's hard to be a fan of a certain NFL team in today's day and age if you're a really big Florida State fan. Because, so I'm I'm a Dolphins fan. I've been a Dolphins fan my whole life. And then week one we're supposed to open up against Jameis Winston. So I mean, obviously I'm going to root for the Dolphins. But how can I sit there the whole game and through, hope Jameis Winston throws picks? You know what I mean? It's just it's a hard dilemma to no, face. No, I agree with that. I'm a Steelers fan. So like this week we're facing Dalvin. So it's like okay, I kind of put. Uh, the Vikings as my second favorite team this year behind the Steelers, but yeah. Dalvin could run against us and you know kind of try to tear you. us up. Even though I do, I do believe in our defense, but I do pull for Dalvin. You know, I, I, I agree with that. And I also I'm interested to see how Jameis plays. I feel like his preseason, you know, the I mean, he looked solid in those first series, and I think that was you know kind of the, the what um, their coach wanted to see. I always forget his name. Dirk Cutter. Cutter. Um, that's that's got to be the product you have to think of adding 
I mean, this year, James has not that he needs an excuse, but he has no excuses as far as, I mean, as long as they stay healthy, he's got Deshaun Jackson, he's got Mike Evans, which is that could be the best one-two duo of NFL receivers. Then he drafted O.J. Howard. He didn't draft him, although he might have had some say. But uh, he has O.J. Howard at tight end to compliment Cameron Brate, who was excellent last year as well. So I think, I mean, I'm not going to call it an MVP season, but he's certainly been in the discussion, and that in its third year is remarkable. Yeah. He's got a lot of offensive weapons, like you said. I like Doug Martin with him, too, I think. And watching Hard Knocks on HBO, you really got to see, a lot of the country got to see how Jameis is in the background, like we knew how he was at Florida State. We knew how... Talking about the Jameis Winston show? Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, pretty much, yeah, the Jameis <laughs> Winston show. That was all show. it was, come on. Yeah, I, I mean, he's, enter- he's entertaining to watch. He is. And the way that, I mean, his offense, I I think it'll be a really, really fun opener for him against the Bears. I know I'll be watching that. I know, you'll be watching even though you're a Steelers fan. And you watch yeah. the Vikings even mm-hmm. though you're a Steelers fan. And yeah. you watch the Falcons because Devonta Freeman even though you're a Steelers fan. And you haven't even told me this. I just know because I face the same dilemmas every Sunday. Exactly. I'll tell you what, Nick O'Leary almost got a touchdown. He had a 22-yard reception. And he was getting near the end zone there. He almost scored one too because I feel like we are tweeting you know, every five minutes about a touchdown that a Noel was making. Um, yep, Chris Thompson had a ridiculous touchdown. Devonta Freeman had a touchdown. Cook didn't have a touchdown, but he had 127 yards. Yeah, I mean, that, Jameis didn't play, but you know he would have had at least two touchdowns. Yeah. I think he scored a touchdown, in, a touchdown in every NFL game he's played except one. Yeah, exactly. And that dates back to the college as well. I think he scored a touchdown in every single game at Florida State, which is not that hard to believe considering he went 29 and one. Yeah, and we almost had a defensive null touchdown with. Uh, um, Telvin Smith, he they called it back, but he almost he took it to the house, but they had to call it back. So there's yeah, been another touchdown. And the kidder got it. You saw that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was like all right. That's ugh. yeah. Another thing Ram- we need to talk about is Ronald Darby, his dislocation of the right ankle. I yeah. I thought that I, thing snapped when I saw it. Yeah, that was definitely ugly. I definitely didn't want to see that video any more than the first time I saw it. Um, I think. Regarding that injury, if if some of you don't know, he's only supposed to be out. Uh, okay, so Ronald Darby, the new e- newly acquired e- acquired Eagles cornerback, he's their cornerback one, and he uh, he twisted his ankle really really bad on a non contact play in coverage, and he everybody speculated thought he was out for season, broke his ankle, da 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 da. He only dislocated his ankle, no like actual damage other than the dislocation. Bat- He'll be back in four to six weeks, so he'll still be playing majority of the season, more than half, and he will be uh, able to better grasp that Philly lifestyle, defense, teammates, locker room, coaching, because he's only been there, you got it, what, three, four weeks? I mean, that's a lot to take in. I know he's just a corner and he's just covering the guy in front of him, but being comfortable with your teammates, communicating with your teammates, coordinators, I mean, it definitely plays a role. Yeah, you know one thing I might have messed up there. We did have a defensive touchdown for Noel. Now it's Marcus Joyner's pick six oh, return pick for six. 20, yeah twenty nine yards. I remember That's seeing you. that. Yep. I don't know if you're up to date with the uh, Madden Ultimate Team Team of the Week, but Marcus Joyner has a card on there because of his performance. Uh, he also made the PFF first team All Defense for Week One, and I think he was the highest graded defensive player in the NFL for Week One. I'm pretty sure he was. Jeez. So, I mean, he just had a killer first game. Yeah. And as an FSU fan, that's not that shocking because he dominated. <laughs> I mean, he's one of the best four-year players in the Jimbo Fisher era. 
I lo- I loved watching him because he was so small. But you would you almost would keep your eyes on him just the whole entire game and just watch him wipe somebody out for how small he was. I mean, he got there so quick. It wasn't. It was oh, yeah. just not closing even... speed's ridiculous. You know, yeah. high school he went to right. Lowndes. No. Oh, hold up. The St. Thomas, Thomas Aquinas. St. Thomas Aquinas. The St. Thomas Aquinas. Sorry, sorry, sorry. My football bad. factory. My bad. Maybe I was thinking Telvin Smith and Lowndes. Yeah, I think that's. There. I think that's right. I think that's what I was thinking. A lot of Valdosta They're both, boys. Both the the senior leaders on the yeah team team. So it's easy to to mix them up, I guess, in that regard. Didn't Jalen make um, Hopkins his kid again in this? Yeah, yeah. Jalen uh, fathered Hopkins again mm, on yeah. on Sunday. I mean, not Hopkins had a <laughs> touchdown, but it wasn't really. I mean, he had a. It was, he had a touchdown on like a, a play action pass where nobody was really covering him. Yeah. So I don't think they attribute that to Jalen. It was more of like a, a pop pass or a, a play action pass where Jalen was was up for the run and they, they dropped it in behind him. But uh, I think I think Hopkins was targeted something ridiculous like fifteen times and he only had what, like seven catches for fifty yards, which I mean he's the number one receiver and I think that's three times Jalen has played him. He's definitely caused them fits. They definitely don't like each other. And it's definitely a fun matchup to watch. No, it is. I would. I'd like to talk about um, Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin's return, um, and you know his mom passed this summer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I really think this man right here is about to um, make himself a top ten, top five wide receiver in the league. Just, just the way um, he's put in work this uh, summer and recovering and everything from his injury. Um, I think I think he's going to be one of the standouts, at least null wise, definitely league wise, um, to shroud this season for his mom because I think it's really emotional and um, he'll show a lot of courage this year with wanting to make her happy up there um, from upstairs and stuff. I don't know if you believe in the same way with that kind of stuff, but I think he shows definitely. up. I think he does. I agree with you. That's why I took him in the Null Game Day Fantasy Football League, baby. Uh, that's right. You better believe then. Hope you... Yes, sir. I'm a believer. You don't have to convince me. That being said, he had one reception for three yards in the opener. I'm not <laughs> discouraged. I'm, not, I'm and, not discouraged. And that's why you lost in your first game to our graphic oh. designer, Clayton, right? Is that... That's, either, yeah. either that or I started two players that... Their game was postponed, but yeah, I mean, that's your fault. That's like who's keeping track, though. Yeah, really. that's your fault. And then, do we put Devontae Freeman in the top three running backs in the NFL? Do we do that now? Well, I think he's the highest paid, so I don't know. Maybe top, maybe top one now. No, I think he's definitely a top three running back. I think. I don't think. I mean, the the problem with running backs is it changes year to year, week to week, almost. Yeah, uh, because it's just. I mean, Jamal Charles was the guy like a year and a half ago and now he's the backup running back to CJ Anderson in Denver. So I mean it just it really is just I mean it's it's impressive that Devonta Freeman and Chris Thompson have stayed relevant for as long as they have. Devonta Freeman obviously just inked the deal for the highest paid running back in the NFL. Chris Thompson just got 11 million guaranteed. So great for him. Dalvin 127 yards in the debut breaking Adrian Peterson's rookie debut record of 106 yards. I don't know if you've heard of Adrian Peterson. He was pretty good. Mm. Yeah, just the best running back in the NFL in the last decade. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that the, the Noles in the NFL are definitely killing it. Definitely. 
No, it's fun to watch them. It's, I like watching it with my dad. We'll sit down and watch it all day long. Definitely with NFL Red Zone. If you don't get NFL Red Zone, then you're not doing NFL the right if way. If you don't have at least three games on between two computers <laughs> and a TV, you're not doing it the right way. Because exactly. there's way too, way too many Florida State players to be watching on one TV. Exactly, exactly. I also, since I'm a Steelers fan, I'm cl- uh, I, of course watch over the um Steelers games and all that and practice and I and you watch it. yeah I watch, watch it fight it out with the the Browns yeah that was a, not, sadly that was a kind of tough game in that yeah, first half that, first half but, but go ahead Vince Williams Vince taking Will- over the other former Noel Lawrence Timmons spot at middle linebacker I liked it I love I loved I liked him even when you know he'd sub in for Lawrence for a couple of plays, but now that he's starting and everything, he is just so fun to watch. He's quick, fast. He's earned the role um, of starting for them, uh, and I'd, I hope to bring him on the podcast coming soon. He's a big follower of ours on Noel Game Day. We'd like to bring him on sometime this year. Um, if he can find time in his busy schedule, maybe a bye week we'll get him on. That's right, exactly. We alone have a lot of bye weeks, so we got to fix that yeah, here in Tallahassee. Yeah, only FSU, huh? Yeah, only FSU, just a couple bye weeks, you know. We'll I don't know just, what you guys got going on down there in Tallahassee. You need to figure that out. I don't know. Just these hurricane, Jimbo. Just these hurricane things they talk about, you know, just a couple of I think it was a tropical storm when it hit the Tallahassee. Don't don't hype it up. <laughs> hey, if a if a cat one or if a I mean a cat one, but a cat two, cat three were to hit us, I mean, we wouldn't have a game for um yeah. A month or so, we'd have to cancel the program. Three years. Yeah, Tallahassee would Def- not be on. It'd be inhabitable with a cat three. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. no doubt about that. But um, I mean, I think I think I think this upcoming week we're gonna hear a lot more about James Blackman. Um, All I, the praise so far has been good. J- Jimbo has doubled down on praising him, praising him, praising him. Whether that's coach speak or not. We will never know, ever, but, no. well, I guess we will know. We'll, we'll find out shortly uh, whether he, he, he lives up to the hype, yeah. but uh, I'm certainly excited. Oh, I am. I, I believe am. in the kid. Every, from all accounts, he's a, a great kid, hard worker, really knows the game well. I mean, there's no, I haven't heard, I, we talked to his father last week, we talked to his former athletic director, I've heard Jimbo talk about him, we talked to a former teammate last week. I mean, we got the whole we got the whole works. We 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 know anybody who's close to him. We've talked to them, and he's. I mean, everybody raves about him. Everybody says. I mean, one of the coolest things I heard was his former teammate. I said, "What do, what would you and James be doing if if you weren't on the football field? If you were just hanging out?" And he's like, "We'd be playing some kind of sport because James is a competitor. Mm-hmm. Like that's what you want in a quarterback. Like Jameis Winston, when he's not playing football, he's watching football." He's not watching football. He's reading his playbook and he's talk, talking to coaches or his coaches about what plays he thinks are going to work on third and twelve, because those people just live, eat, and breathe sports. And that sounds like what James Blackman does. So I'm excited. I am too. Definitely, when you talk about competitive quarterback, you know, our minds instantly go to Jameis Winston. So if he even has an edge or a, even ounce of that uh, of Jameis and the competitiveness of uh, and. Uh, I'm not saying comparing him with Jameis and not no, even he's not, close he's there, not, but with the mental, with the mental state of being competitor, and yeah. the, as far as a competitor goes, Jalen Ramsey, Jameis Winston, James Blackman. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. It's going to be a fun, fun week. Although we're not going to have a game Saturday, um, I think this Saturday we'll be covering. Um, our one of our writers, Forrest, wants to cover the Miami game. Uh, the 
2016 one and live tweet it on our Twitter um, if you're interested in that. That's Stay awesome. Tuned to I that. didn't know. I didn't know he was doing that. That's yeah, great. I like that. Yeah, I don't know if he's taken He tweeted it, and a lot of people actually agreed that they would like to hear it, and then they definitely went to block at the uh, Rock. They're calling oh, yeah. And everything. They, they said they would definitely listen in and watch the feed for it. But it sucks that we don't have a game on Saturday, but we'll have the crew back on here on the pod, and it'll be a lot better. <laughs> it's excited to, it's a, I'm excited to get Corey back on. Last week, off air, after the podcast, Corey came up with, with maybe our new motto: "If you don't hear the spear, you don't hear anything FSU football." And I love it. And I want to hear him say it with the same enthusiasm he said it with last week. But on that breath, we'll end this week's podcast. Logan, it's been a pleasure. Yes, I hope I don't have to see, talk to y'all anytime soon. If so, I would love to come back on and speak some old football with you guys. I'm, it's Light a privilege. It. It's a privilege, privilege to be on here with you. You have no idea. Yes, sir. Got to work your way up that hierarchy, baby. I'm, I'm working as hard as I can. I got my notes beside me. I'm just trying to keep up with Mr. Yes. Calder over here from Wake Forest, yes, baby. Yes, sir. Demon Deacons. That's how we do it. Demon Deacons. All right, well, I'll talk to I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Until next week on Hear the Spear, I'm Ryan Stalder, along with No Game Day co-founder and boss man Logan Robinson, and we're out for this week.